And we are live. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Angie Axton, and I am here with the lovely and talented Lise Kalushi. Lise, Hello. welcome back. Well, thank you. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Angie. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, always <laughs> I mean, good to see you. Pretty much where we're at, right? Okay. That's where we're at. Yeah. All right, everybody. So, for those of you who don't know Lise, she is my partner at Disney.com. She's amazing. You're going to love her if you haven't met her already. And we're just going to jump in, actually, in a moment. So, as you are coming into the stream today, Please take a look at the at the chat as you will see our team coming in with um, reminders and places that you can find us and connect with us, different things like this. Um, so let's just jump in. Lise, thoughts on being raised by a narcissist? Mm. Starting where? <laughs> well, let's start with, you know, something really, so let's start with signs of being raised by a narcissist. So first of all, let's define a narcissistic parent, should we? Yes. Yeah. So a narcissistic parent is going to be someone who is, um, okay, <laughs> sorry, someone just came to my office. Um, <laughs> so a narcissistic parent is going to be someone who is, oh, here comes the reminders. Someone who is a toxic person, someone who has no empathy for their children, um, someone who makes it all about them and lets about, you know, mm -hmm. what else, Lise? What else would you add to that? Um, controlling, enmeshed um they don't let you be your own person have your own life they don't um they don't see you as a whole person they see you as an extension of themselves mm -hmm. um they put their children in roles that they need to stick to like scapegoats or golden mm -hmm. child or whatever and um you may not recognize that's what's happening, but when you're a scapegoat, you pretty much feel like a scapegoat. <laughs> you feel like everyone blames you for everything. So um, what else? Narcissistic parents, um, they're hot and cold. They purchase your love in different yep. ways. It yep. feels very transactional. You never feel fully nurtured or supported. Um, yep. Sometimes they seem immature. Um, immature. Uh-huh. They'll use things like family inheritance or family this or family that to keep you locked in to the family dynamic. Correct. Yep. They will um, often brag about things you've done and accomplished, but then they won't tell you good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor is saying yeah, you have to care for them all the time. You become a people pleaser to keep the peace. That's a good oh. one. Yeah. Not a good one, but it's a good example. <laughs> yeah. It's a good example. How many of us are people pleasers? Everybody? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good one. Um, maybe blaming other people for anything that goes wrong. I don't know if mm -hmm. Unpredictable. Their um, tempers can, a lot of them are ragey or uh, yellers. Hold a grudge like a, like a chance. They will turn your, they will make it so that you can't have friends because they will be hot and cold with who they like and who they don't like of your friends. Yep. Well, they will true. use your friends as uh, spies to watch yep. you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, they will take, <laughs> I just talked to someone recently whose mother literally took her husband and children. Yes. Like, yeah. Got yep. with the husband and took mm -hmm. the children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure this was for the best in the process. I can't. <laughs> Sudden mood change. Yeah, they'll side with, um, I know someone going through something now and that that the narcissistic parent sided with the toxic husband. Yes, I've seen that happen often. I've seen- Because, you know, she's so sensitive and difficult. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hold on one second. I'm going to mute myself. I have someone that's waiting to speak. Yeah. Uh, one second. Yes. Um, I'm going to keep going. Ellen's saying blames you when something goes wrong and takes the credit when you actually do something right. That's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, my mom talked about my friends behind their back and grinned in their face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think um, what Connor says is, is on point. I'm sorry if I missed you saying it. Um, he says, yes, I think personally, dis- uh, personality disorder should be taught extensively in schools. Oh, yeah. As well as the stock market and campaign. <laughs> and uh, and economics, which I agree with all three of those on some level, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And C- CR was chiming in similar um, similar, yeah. It would help kids realize their family dysfunction. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, it also puts you in a difficult spot. Yeah, because then you you're like, okay, now what with the kiddos? Yeah. Okay, so the kid knows, <laughs> but now what about the parents? Like mm-hmm. somebody do some remedial teaching or something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Jack makes a valid point when he says, Yeah, but narcissists are can be an R in the schools, and that's the truth. However, yeah, well, I do know this much. I know that um, both my kids are taking some kind of a class called, I don't know, social and emotional learning or something like that, my two youngest. And I think that that is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So it, it just depends that they're in a private school. So it's a different deal at this point. Um, okay. Oh, did you, you probably already read this one, but I, and I actually said it earlier too. I <laughs> think Ellen says, uh, blames you when something else, yeah, when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bethany says, oh yeah, you got that one. All right, let me go to the bottom. <laughs> All right, here we go. We have a question from, or just a statement from Bethany. Her mom tried hard to get her in on the gossip and she'd walk away and she'd be so mad. That is a big, important point. Oh, that yeah. She, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, how, so that's one type of, you know, certain types of narcissists will, will definitely play the gossip card. Mm-hmm. Um, and and mm-hmm. not all of them, but a lot of them. <laughs> For a lot of mothers, a lot of mothers do that. Yes. It's like, it's like, and, and have you noticed, I don't know, maybe Bethany, but maybe, maybe you do or don't notice this, their voices will change while they're gossiping oh, and yeah. they, they have the gossip tone or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh I, I, yeah, you hear it and you go, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I get it. Yes. But I'll tell you what, walking away is the very best thing you could do. Oh heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Jack says, yeah, his mother was also a, a gossip <laughs> herself. Sue says, I often thought the same thing. Often thought this, this uh, topic should be taught in high schools. Um, Ellen says her father used his sister, her sister, to get <laughs> to send Facebook posts because I guess father is. Oh, yeah. That happened to me too. My mother got my brother on her side, and it's a big ugly mess. It is what it is, but right. he's not in my life anymore. So <laughs> Red, Jody and Jenna adventures are saying that they turn their children against each other, which is exactly what you just said. Yeah. yeah. Turn the siblings against one another. Mm-hmm. Now that's a very common thing. I, I actually have seen extreme versions of this and I guess my own situation is similar, but uh, I had a, a client from a different country and there in their country, if the woman was divorced, she was not allowed to live by herself. Mm-hmm. And so she essentially was living in her mother's house with her sister the mother kept them on separate ends of the house. They were both adults and <laughs> it, it wasn't great. Um, no, so you a, can't control an adult the same right. way. Well, that's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah. They, had to, they had to sneak text on WhatsApp oh in order to talk to each other. 
Wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And so Ellen's got a flying monkey for her sister. Wow. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, mm. So really quickly about flying monkeys. Some of them are well aware of what they're doing. And those are the ones that you, you know, might as well just, uh, but those like in the case of your sister, Ellen, I don't know if it was that she didn't really understand what your dad was doing or knowing that she really thought he was just worried about you or if it was just what we were talking about. And I'm kind of feeling like maybe it's just what we were talking about. But sometimes there are situations where you have a sort of innocent flying monkey who means well. So I'm not sure if that was your same deal there or not. But mm -hmm. any thoughts on that, Lise? No, yeah, that's it's they use people, whether the person is in on it, like a gossip, someone who likes the attention from it or the person is innocent thinking they're even trying to help the situation right. and swoop in to say gosh you know your mom's saying this or your dad's saying that and what can I do to help and you're like oh my gosh you just trying we're triangulated into this right uh -huh. right absolutely uh-huh I learned that early on somebody said to me don't let yourself get triangulated stay out of it I was probably 19 or something. And I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, and, and but, it took, but I realized I knew that didn't mean something good. So I thought about it and went, oh, yeah. wait a minute. And you could see, can make the connections. They do that to me too. <laughs> yeah. Kind of crazy how that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah for sure. Uh -huh. um, I just saw something from Jack Lumen about emotional incest, um, which it happens a lot. And I'm not sure, I can't find it, but um yeah, so, so emotional incest essentially being um, connecting with some, and it, and it doesn't mean anything related to SEX, um, uh, I mean, emotional incest, is, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a situation where you have like, a, let's say a parent moves out of the house or a parent dies or whatever, and the other, then the toxic parent <laughs> would sort of connect. Here's an example. So one of my former clients or one of my longtime clients had, um, a, a father, mother passed away. Father uh, was then left to raise three girls. Father, people at one of the first events they had after mother passed was people came up to her and said, your sister and your dad are acting kind of weird. Is everything okay? Like, because she was acting like she was his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you know, like straightening his tie and all these little wifey type things that <sighs> I would say that's an example of that. Um, I got an example of it where like a toxic mother, um, you know, you know how in the evenings when you're with your partner or, or, or a good friend, or like you get on the phone and chat with a sister or a friend or a brother or whatever, and you talk about your day and you talk about the things in life that bother you and you talk about the deep stuff, or you have these, you know, you have those intimate conversations where they use their child for that. And right. it's one thing to be close with your kid and to have good conversations, but like every night before bed. Mm -hmm. becomes sort of like you're leaning on them to be the surrogate husband. This is after yes. divorce, right? And and knowing that the person is toxic, you know that they are. So you mm -hmm. can fly in that way. And it's, yeah. It, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I don't see what just, okay, wait a minute. So I have to, hold on. Um, Jody and Jenna, I'm going to hide your comment, but don't think that I'm doing anything wrong here to you. I'm not so going to talk to you about it, but I can't. I can't um, have it on the on the chat, so forgive me. Um, but but essentially, um, what they're saying is their father took advantage of them in inappropriate ways, mm -hmm. um, and then what, they were manipulated to keep secrets. Mm -hmm. um, and now 
only her sister. Oh, and she remembered, one of, whoever wrote this comment of Jody and Jenna remembered and the other one could only just now start to remember because mm -hmm. that people do black out. I think that's, that's, that's an important thing that children have been manipulated in that way often by these types of parents. Do you, do you have any um, experience with anything like this or with anyone? I don't mean you personally, but- Well, I mean, it, <clears throat> when we have traumas that are crossing lines that are so confusing for mm -hmm. children and or even young adults or even whatever age, you know, anyone really, yeah. It, it does create this in some people in an amnesia, like literally, where you right. don't, you maybe remember something, a feeling or something about it, but you don't remember the whole thing or even that it happened. So yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, I just wanted to say really quickly to, to uh, Jody and Jenna, no worries. Um, I only just, I don't want YouTube to, to prevent us from being able to talk. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, now, Ellen says, and this is a good one, I think. Um, Ellen says really quickly, wait a minute. She had two narcissist parents. Um, her mother passed away years ago, and it took years to see it, and now she's reparenting herself. And I think, well, you and I were just talking about reparenting a we little were. bit. <laughs> yeah. So it is necessary. It's something that you must do, especially when you've been under that type of mm -hmm. uh, extreme stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, oops. Okay, um, let's see. I am reading. I think yeah. that like one of the things about having a toxic parent is you have a household where you grow up where you do not have a foundation of what is healthy and what is good for you. And you don't have an awareness of who you are as a healthy person because you're not, nurtured you're not taught you're not um you know given the tools <laughs> she's got someone there i'm like what's happening sorry one second <laughs> that's okay you're not given the tools as uh, as a child and given the nurturing and the care and so we grow up and we feel like there's something wrong with us we feel like there's something in us that we need to fix when in fact it is the way we were brought up so then the reparenting yourself comes in and then the, you know, there's just a lot of, it's tangled up and messy when you have a toxic parent. Yes, <laughs> that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, it's not, and the thing is, I don't know about you, but like, for example, when I had um, my children, I wanted to connect, but was still unable to connect. It, it's a it's a messed up thing. I, I don't know exactly where you were. I'm sorry because I got distracted. No, okay, but, go ahead. Okay. But but I think that's, um, I wonder how many other people who, you know, like you were kind of mentioning, I'm sorry, you were kind of mentioning something about the connection factor and I don't, I'm sorry that I got distracted. It's okay. Uh, we'll just go from there. <laughs> what yeah. are you, um, so you? Well, so my point is that I think. Connect, hard to connect with what? With yourself or? So if, you, if you've been in you know well yourself of course but also like um so when my, my first two children that was one of my first that's my oldest child that that just came in and so that's why i was distracted he doesn't he's a grown-up now so he's just here for today and I, um i guess this is his one day off work anyway um but he was here um wait a minute okay when i had him um i i wanted to connect but couldn't quite connect because my mother was angry at the time or whatever 
And then um, she started talking to me about eight months into that, that pregnancy. But by the time I had the last one, I knew who she was. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I, um, so I, I wanted, especially with the last one to connect because um, it was, you know, it was a female child. <laughs> so I, I felt differently about that one than the first two, not in a good or bad way, just a regular, no, just a different, different, you know, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So that was where I was, I'm holding this baby and I'm looking at this female baby and I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking about all the generations that came before and after and all these things, all that will come after whatever. And I had like a lot of things that I wished I could have connected with a parent on. And I wonder how many other yes, people- Yes, yes, yes. Like in any time in life, like I was just talking this morning about that, like how, when you don't have that growing up, there's no, I don't even know what to say. There's nowhere to find that connection and support. And it feels really confusing. I mean, everyone's going to have their own feeling about it, like whatever, whatever your emotions are, but it's not usually, I feel solid and secure in myself. (laughs) It's, it's, and that's when you go, well, where do I turn? Right. And I mean, it's, it's rough. Um, And it's, so, I mean, you know what, you get through it and you you just, yeah. And reparenting does help. I mean, it was literally like a life changer for me when I, there's certain, there are certain exercises you can do. You can do with a therapist or whatever. I did my, my work mostly on my own. Um, Cause, Cause that's, that's how you roll Angie. <laughs> I had a hard time with it. <laughs> it's all good. But we're getting there. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of a, all right. Well, anyway, my point is you become one way or the other. Some people become very like, clingy to their friends and family. Some people are just like, like the other way <laughs> some people become loners it, it, but then what I think we find is we find a, a, a small inner circle right and I think Lisa is one of my people I think a few a few, couple other people that are working with us are some of our people um but I and several of our our admins of course and mod squatters um but in general you know I think that like in in my everyday I see them in real life life there are very few you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay with me. Okay, I was just gonna say that's just fine. Frankly, I don't have time for what it takes to put into it because partially, I it takes effort for me because because oh, yeah. I didn't understand it, you know, and have it, and also I know how much I give. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I I find that same thing. And so, for example, I had um. I met this a female person recently, and I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> a girl, a woman who was close to my age or whatever, and um, she started some weird drama that wasn't necessary, and then Ugh. essentially was like, "Well, this person says you have to pick, or I have to pick between that person and you." I'm like, "Okay, well, you better pick that person. I'm not trying to ruin your friendships, you know." <laughs> and then she came back with some other. Strength. My point is, I've been just very disappointed in certain aspects of friendships isn't it (laughs) I think it's interesting yeah but what you do learn is that you know how to implement your boundaries yes even if it's bumpy even if it's awkward even if it makes you look like a mean person (laughs) exactly it's okay yeah Yeah. and so that's good so that is taking care of yourself yeah so anyway it is what it is but Mm -hmm. I, I think what happens because we become so aware after we go through narcissistic abuse if we choose to or we have, you and I have become, and a lot of these people here have become so aware of other people because we need to protect ourselves from toxic people. Mm-hmm. That no, it's almost time. like, there's no time. Say? I said, and I don't, and there's no time for that. There's that just, too. Yeah. <laughs> that too. 
time is on a, of a premium for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the, the thing that I'm saying though, is that when we're dealing with regular people, <laughs> it, it it's, I've gotten kind of to the point where I'm like, like I cut them off quick. And you know, I, for those of you who, and I, I don't know, like with Dana, Dana used to have this rule. It was crazy. Something about like, she, one, one sign they were out, you know, one, and, and I can't remember exactly how it went. Mine is not quite that bad, but yeah. it's uh, not that it's bad. <laughs> I'm not quite that strict, um, but I do not tolerate anyone acting insane to me or, or trying to draw me into drama that I'm not part of or any of that. <laughs> I just, nope. And I just shut right down and it works fine. I mean, I don't shut myself down. I shut down that relationship. Right. You just, you yeah. just change lanes. Like you have to if it's too much going around you (laughs) bye exactly that's right and that's a process that you have to learn when you have grown up being a people person isn't it right but then there's also the feeling of but but i'm lonely but i need a friend but yet another discipline you know and so it's yeah it's there's there's, every now and then there's a situation where i don't do so i I don't do as well like i had you know and i won't talk about any details on that right now but just let's say that if there were a situation where i had a friend who I'd had for a long time and I needed to have a conversation with that person. Yeah. That's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So that again, small circle. Okay. Hello, Fatima. Um, Let's see. Oh, Ellen. Okay. Jack said that his mother put his wife into the um, scapegoat role now. And he had been raised as sort of a golden child because of his grandmother. Um, and so that's a, that's a difficult situation for anyone um, mm-hmm. to be in with the scapegoat of your in-laws, in which case, if, well, see, and the other thing in this particular case is that they are stuck because of various other things that are unrelated to mm-hmm. the scapegoat. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell their business. They can tell you if they want. Please, do you have yeah. a question from the chat or do you have a- Oh, let's see. I was just, uh, Enoch N saying thanks to my narcissistic father and his short temper my biggest struggle is anxiety i like this one because it is pointing out how each of us might have our own struggles we can recognize and see where it came from you Mm -hmm. know if anyone raises their voice at me even slightly my heart races my breath gets short and i stammer is this ptsd Uh, we can't diagnose you but most likely this is a symptom of of what is possibly, <laughs> you know, I mean, it sounds, familiar. Yes. it sounds familiar. And if you looked at signs and symptoms of PTSD, CPTSD, you would probably find that there or yeah. something similar. Yeah. Um, and- it's definitely an emotional flashback yep. because the person may be raising their voice, not at you, but around you and, you know, or just maybe they talk loud, you know, I'm not going to do it. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> but it's um, That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so, you know, looking up emotional flashbacks, I do a lot of work with this type of thing in the group coaching a lot. I have a lot of exercise for this that helps. Yeah. Guys, if you haven't already looked at it, you should look into this group coaching program. It is amazing. Yeah. And everybody that takes it, everybody that joins has always said really, in fact, look, some people put their whole face on video to talk about how much they liked it. <laughs> but they do, yeah. They, but I yeah. mean, yeah, it is, it is, we deal with this a lot because every, because everyone who has had a narcissist in their life for any period of time where it's long enough to affect you, which doesn't take that long. And especially when you grow up with it, you've got triggers mm-hmm. and you've got emotional flashbacks that happen. You have core wounds that happen from that person. And so it will, uh, 
learning coping skills to like get your nervous system to calm down a little doesn't take away the trigger, but it helps you react and respond to the tr trigger differently. Absolutely. It empowers yeah. you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's really important. And I think in some ways or some, especially, well, in some ways, I think a group coaching experience is, is a really good way to kind of get a read on, you know, like if you're different or normal or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not saying exactly. normal. No, no, it does validate your experience yes. uh, for yourself. Yes. And you don't even have to say much. <laughs> Just <laughs> listening to other people, you can be like, oh, that's pretty normal what I'm going It helps, through. yeah. And I think one thing that I think that almost all of us need when we go through all of this um, is, is validation. I mean, we, we, we are perpetually invalidated when you are raised by a narcissist, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, consistently ongoing <laughs> and you don't even know validation and, and, and unless you have to have a good teacher or girl scout leader or something like that mm -hmm. along the way boy scout leader I don't know what people do but unless you have another influential adult mm -hmm. in your life you may never get validation as, as a child of a narcissist right. mm -hmm. or an adult child of a narcissist if you want it and so what, well, what and if we you're want? a golden child you got overly validated for the wrong things and the wrong reasons but even then, even even then you're stuck eating, you need, what we need is authentic, real validation. And even then it's hard to take in when we've had, um, sorry, when we've had a uh, toxic parent, because no doubt we can't trust it. We don't, yeah. Right. We don't know who you, who you can believe or yeah. I know. And you hear something good about yourself or you hear something validating about you that is positive you or, or you hear something that's like, makes you think, oh, Oh, that does happen to other people. Oh, but it's still my fault. Right. Because we're, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, we are taught that everything is our fault. We're taught right. that in order to earn love, we must perform or do mm -hmm. whatever they want us to think, do, feel, or say, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, this is an interesting one, Lise. Um, Suze says her ex is trying to convince her young adult son that he has fear of abandonment issues and not NPD. So let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Number one, as far as fear of abandonment, they absolutely do have fear of abandonment when they're a narcissist. <laughs> That's part of the reason they try to control you so much. Oh right? yeah. Uh-huh. Right. But that is just one part of the disorder <laughs> because we have fear of abandonment too and we don't abuse people, right? All humans do. It's it's how we didn't die in the beginning. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those intrinsic deep-seated things that we all have but but when we have been raised by toxic parents we often it's inflated for us right mm -hmm. um and and this is true for i'm going to guess that your your narcissistic ex was also raised by someone toxic or affected by someone toxic unless they're like famous or a few other little you know suddenly rich type those types of things can be acquired situational narcissism um, but mostly <laughs> you know a, a large percentage of the time it's parents not always but a lot. So I would ask you that question. Um, as far as you're teaching him that he's, you know, I would just tell him the, the truth. Yes, that is that fear of abandonment is involved. However, so is lack of empathy. So is abuse. So is you know, emotional, psychological gaslighting, et cetera. All of these things are involved and that makes it, if he is a narcissist, that, that would probably be the connection. Lise, thoughts? <laughs> Tell me, can you repeat the question part of the question? Yes. The, um, my narcissistic ex is trying to convince my young adult son that he has fear of abandonment issues, fear of abandonment, abandonment issues, not NPD. 
Okay. What I would tell your son, if you were having a conversation about it, if it's brought up, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would address it too much unless right. it comes up, because then you're like trying to, it, it, it looks like a counterattack, right? But if it's, if you're talking about it, I would say, interesting. Okay. Well, if that's true, how did he handle it? How did he, how did he help himself? What did he do? Right. We all have issues yep. that we struggle with every adult. You'll have them. I have them. So-and-so's mom yeah. has them, whatever. We all have them. Right. It's how we handle our issues and how we interact with other people so that we're not taking our issues and hurting others with them. Mm -hmm. We have to be accountable for ourselves, even though we've had X, Y, Z happen to us. Yep. And that's, and I would just leave it on the accountability factor because that's what knowing you can't that, okay, toxics. I mean, I know my toxic upbringers history. I can empathize with it. I can see it like, like a movie playing out before me as to the reasons why and to the, and it almost gives me a sense of like compassion for that person, but yeah. it's how they then take that and don't grow from it, but keep throwing it back on other people to make it better for them. It's but, always their fault, right? Yeah, it's always everybody else's fault. And I'm going to yeah. control others in order to make myself feel better. And Right. Sorry. Yeah. I lost my compassion now. Right. <laughs> so, and I think it's, so it's through the understanding that helps. It's not so much yeah. through words of, you know, I don't and, know. Yeah. Well, I just want to add this other thing. So there's a lot of time, a lot of times with um, this type of situation, you go, well, you're sitting there blaming the parents. So what's the difference, right? Mm -hmm. Why would I blame the parents? Well, it's not just like some ideas at least and I made up, just so you know, <laughs> there's a, there's, a large body of research on like attachment theory and things like that and and, and as it goes it's not one thing it's your mother <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. you know i mean there is really some validity to that there is. of course your father has the ability to cause deep wounds as well um but it almost always starts with the mother one way or the other and i'm not saying that there are not toxic fathers there absolutely are oh heck yeah but, and they cause right. their own damage <laughs> yeah yeah their own damage right but the toxic mothers you know from day one could positively or negatively affect who you become by whether they choose to breastfeed or not, whether they choose to hold your skin to skin, yeah. whether they choose, you know, to go all the way from like, uh, you know, about reactive attachment disorder, right? Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. uh, if a child is cared for physically, but never picked up and loved, they don't attach to people in a normal way ever again. And it's really that important, you know, those first few months, few hours, all of that. So it's, it's a fascinating body of study out there that it's not, it's not something that we're making up. It's not, we're not no, telling everybody no. parents. We're telling you the facts that, and we understand them. So mm -hmm. I, wanted, I wanted to point that out for anyone who's like, but wait a minute, <laughs> you guys are blaming somebody. Okay, moving we're on. Not blame, no, in fact, I'm not blaming there. What I'm saying is- Oh, I know. That there needs to be responsibility and account. We have to take accountability. Yes, we're survivors of toxic right. people, but if we go then and hurt others with it, and we Ding. will at times- yeah. It'll happen. It happens because we don't That's know. Right. We've got to flee. We've this, that, the other, right? We're hurt. We're triggered. We're whatever. We take accountability for the action that then causes any hurt to someone else. And right. we are then repairing the relationship instead of trying to control and hurt someone else. Yeah, that's right. So, and even when you do, if you like, as you're raising children, like before we knew about this, yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe we didn't do something we were supposed to do. Like I was probably way too, I'm still probably way too permissive. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't mean in a way, I just mean like- Oh, I understand because it's, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I want my children to be heard and seen and I was mm-hmm. not. And so I probably go away. And people don't understand why I <laughs> let them have as much pull as they do, but it's because, and it's working mostly. I, I see them blossoming into some amazing people. So, um, but again, sometimes when I was, when they were younger, maybe I didn't understand what was happening. Maybe I was too sad sometimes or too whatever, you know, um, and that was probably not very helpful. And right, right. And there's nothing you can help. You shouldn't beat yourself up for it. Right. But you can you're gonna take accountability for it and then kind of work with it to, to right. heal it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, you can, and you can start wherever you are. You don't have exactly. to like, mm-hmm. right, right. And that's the difference though, between us and a narcissist is that most people who have survived and, and choose to heal and move forward, they can look back and go, I messed up crap. And then go and talk to someone and say, Hey kid, I'm sorry that I was this way or Hey, that's right. I'm sorry that I was that way or whatever. Right. That must've hurt when I was feeling sad all the time. I bet. How did that make you feel? Right. Right. No narcissist is going to ask that and care what the answer is. (laughs) Right. They may ask it it, to manipulate you back to thinking that they're doing some work, but. Right. And that's why I think it's really important for parents to admit and acknowledge to their children who are old enough to understand, listen, I know I wasn't perfect. And you know, if if I've caused any trauma, whatever, let's talk about, you know, it's hard to hear it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And sometimes on the plus side though, you recognize this because my my youngest has recently informed me of a couple of traumas and you realize when you hear them that yes, they're important and they matter, but sometimes their traumas are. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, parents know. Um, yeah. and th- thank goodness. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. So, um, whew. Hard to raise kids. All right. It's it's uh, raising here. You know, the other thing is, and, and I'm not trying to make anyone feel sorry for their parents, but there is a there is a fact here that we need to think about, and that is that number one, those parents of yours were probably raised by a toxic person also, or or like we talked about, or somehow influenced by some toxic forces in childhood. Um, they had trauma, just like we did. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not as bad. But I've noticed something interesting, where you see. And you see a line of people, for example, I have one client who her father was raised by really, really poor people who beat the crap out of them and never gave them nice clothes to wear. And his whole big thing, his two biggest things about being in childhood were I hated being poor. I hated not having clothes to wear to school and having to wear old raggedy yucky stuff, right? So what did he do? Well, and he was also beaten and all this other stuff. So he had his child and then he did not beat her and he bought her all the clothes and he had, gave her a beautiful place to live and a beautiful life but he did not emotionally connect with her. And in fact, he emotionally abused her in that process. Mm -hmm. Now she comes along and now she's got, they, he broke what he, his curse, right? Uh So now she's here and she's mad about being emotionally neglected and abused. But when she has her child, she's going to stop that part. You know what I mean? And I can do that same thing with my own family as well. So on one level, there is the possibility that we can break the cycle altogether, right? And we try. But on another level, it does come through the family. And it's not because the family is genetically predisposed to it. It's because the family is toxic. (laughs) Because you have to make a choice. And it is an active and difficult choice to to break these cycles within yourself Mm -hmm. as you're raising the next generation. It is not easy. And there are so many fragments and pieces of it that you could miss one really, really easily. And you will probably miss one or two. You know, that, 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 yeah, yeah, it's, um, 
it just shows in that story how when a narcissist changes, they change mm -hmm. for themselves. They change and what they're doing in life is trying to control relationships to make their version of the world what they want it to be. Yeah, instead of, yeah, yeah. instead of having relationships that then create a world that, that is better for everybody. Right. It, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an ugly situation. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's but. very... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anywho. Um, yeah. So basically I think what's important to remember is that they may not have done it because they wanted to hurt. Okay. And the only reason I'm saying this is because you may choose to not have empathy for them and that's okay because I, I support your choice to feel whatever you want to feel. Your feelings are valid. Okay. I had to get to a point in my own healing where I had to let go of the anger because it was killing me, okay? And so when that happened, I'm still a little mad about one situation we talked about last week, okay? <laughs> but, but in general, um, what, what I have found to be very effective is to recognize what the situation was for them as much as you can. Sometimes you don't know, so you can't even do that. But if you do know, you can recognize, okay, this is what happened to them. And so they didn't have the tools to be the sort of parent that I needed for whatever reason. And so I had to be dealing with that. <laughs> well, you know, our bigger, let me just say this one thing and then I'm going to stop talking. Our larger mission at Queen Bean is to break this cycle, generationally speaking, mm -hmm. right? So we want to be better for our children so they can be better for their children and so on and so forth. I know we don't all have children, but since we're talking about parents, I'm just throwing it in. <laughs> one person children. Is it can be the way we treat um, yeah. our job, the way yes. we treat our our friendships and that then spreads further into the world. It's not excellent. True. Yeah, yeah, it yes. doesn't have to be, it can be broken even if you don't have children, let's put it that That's way right. through That's the right. way you handle life. I totally agree. And I have several clients who don't have children by choice because of narcissistic parents. Mm -hmm. So I fully respect and, uh, you know, and appreciate that they chose that and whatever you choose is always, I'm like, live and let live y'all. Okay. <laughs> Not telling you what to do. Um, okay. Do you have any questions from the, the TPS people? Uh, I've been listening to you. So I love yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I can't do two things at once real well. I'm not that good at it either. I think I am. And then I watch the videos back. And I'm like, oh crap. I totally missed that point. That we yeah, just I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard to do sometimes. Time, but I realize all my battles now will make my grandchildren's life healthier. Is Ellen. Good. Um, good. um, I got one from Jody. It's her first live Jody Landis. Hello oh, and welcome. We're happy to have you. Um, yes. Okay. Bethany says her mother had to know everything and, and her dad and her father and herself were not inquisitive like her and she couldn't stand it. That's interesting. Ooh, a lot of guilt tripping says Fatima. Hey, Fatima, how is your situation? Are you still at home? Um, if you don't mind, I would be interested in knowing. Bethany said, I already said that one. Any other comments you want to read or thoughts? Because I don't want to just do anything with a question mark or a question doesn't see if there's anything. Adrian is asking, what do we think about narcissistic and schizophrenic? I think anytime you have a comorbid diagnosis, you're going to have a much more complex situation. So mm -hmm. I don't know what you mean by what do we think about it? I think obviously you can have narcissism with any other diagnosis in the world. Right. It's like, it's not, um, and, and certain diagnoses 
diagnoses may almost lend to it. Yes. Yes. And so I can see how, I I think what you're going to notice it then is how it plays out because of the schizophrenia diagnosis and how the narcissism plays out and how they interweave together. And I guess, I mean, to me, that's, what's interesting is how the, it's like, say you have an alcoholic who's a narcissist and how those two things fit together. That doesn't mean you take away the alcoholism and the person's not a narcissist. Most likely. Nope. You know, and in fact, what I hear over and over again is, oh my gosh, it's actually worse or now they're covert. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess it would play out similarly. I think so. And I think the most important thing to remember is that for me anyway, when, I, when I'm defining a narcissist, whether I'm talking about narcissistic personality disorder or anything else, anybody on that cluster B spectrum above from narcissist to up, not, not always BPD. BPD people usually have empathy even if they don't always express it. And I'm talking about borderline right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see that narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, they don't have empathy. Ah, they have cognitive empathy. They can logically understand, mm-hmm. but they don't give a poo about how you feel nope. or what they do, how it affects you. And mm-hmm. that's why they're toxic, in my opinion. That's mm-hmm. where it all starts. What about you, Lisa? Yeah, oh, I agree. That and then and then what le- the next step is the lack of accountability. Why don't they have accountability? Why should they? They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't. Nope. Yeah. And in any time they pretend to have accountability, it's because they want something from you. They're manipulating they, they don't really care. Buy you the nice clothes and give you the nice house and then completely emotionally hurt you. So yes, that's, yeah. that's not care. That's just, no. that is ownership. Right. And not all narcissists beat their children and not all narcissists no. you know, publicly, whatever. It's, it's, this is why it's so difficult and why it's so pervasive. It's difficult to understand how this person who might be like some pillar of the community, for example, could also go home and do these horrible things to you or say these horrible things to you behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the whole life of, and then this is the person who also in many cases, well, since we're talking about parents here, in all cases, <laughs> raised you. And the person who told you what the world was, the person who showed you their perception of the world and told you you were bad and wrong for being part of it, right? I yep. mean, it's, it's a real mind mess, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts on this today? Um, wait a minute. One more. Hold on. I'm so sorry. I think this is really important. Um, Ellen says, I thought I wanted my children. I don't know if you read this, but I want to just, uh, I, I, I thought I wanted my children to know my parents, but being the scapegoat, I am blessed that these toxic people were taken out of my life. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I am on the same boat. And, mm-hmm. um, my oldest did have the opportunity to know them. My younger two were kind of pushed away. Um, and then they were gone because I went no contact and that was that, you know, but uh, it was very difficult and ugly and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, it's hard to, to do, to not have grandparents for your children. We did have a grandmother and she passed away, unfortunately, several years ago. That was my husband's mom. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sorry, Lise, go ahead. No, it's okay. I'm just skimming through. There's a lot of good comments here, but I know. <laughs> I'm trying to find questions just to like help people if they need it. Um, is it true, Jody Landis is saying, is it true that once you're you're the scapegoat, you'll forever be one in other situations also? Can I say? Yes and no to me, but what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Exactly that, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, because you will, in some some situations, some families, 
your role rotates. Sometimes you're the golden child, sometimes you're the scapegoat, sometimes you're invisible, you rotate. But then there are those who put you in those solid places. And then there are situations where you can't be the scapegoat or, or you, it, it's about changing your perception yep. and yep. your boundaries, I think, as an adult. Right. Yeah, if you yeah. have a situation where like, like say you're very competent at your job and say you're very, you love it and you yes. are, that is your passion and you're not a scapegoat there. Like say that, like that can happen where you and have I can a particular too. area of your life where you just thrive and, or you just fit, right? And yes. you're not a scapegoat there, but then every relationship you have, people are, and you're going, wait, what am I supposed to just do this one thing, you know? And so yes yeah. and no, yes. Partially it's because of the people pleasing. It's because mm-hmm. of the way we feel about ourselves. Um, it's because we don't know how to set boundaries and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it. It's a lot of things. And it's not your fault that these things happen. It's that we have to then like unlearn what we were taught and relearn we're a whole human being that sometimes is right and sometimes is wrong. And like, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. And then you have people who miss, you know, people who think, oh, there's a demon in my parent or, oh, <laughs> you know, but that's still my parent. I still, you know, and, and that's cool. But I think it's really, for me, not everybody needs what I need. And I think a lot of you need what I need yeah. <laughs> and what we need. We need to understand why this is happening. Mm-hmm. What has happened? We need to know why. We need to understand the science beneath it. For me, that part alone helps take away the sting. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of sitting around and, and now you still have to feel your emotions. Let me reiterate because I did okay. not do that first. <laughs> but in general, for me to step away emotionally and, and logically see it like a scientist and then then later to come back and connect my emotions that was helpful um in my healing and so i think that a lot of people that follow me and, and lisa as well maybe um do you feel that way lisa do you feel like you needed to understand before you yeah, can absolutely because the emotions feel like being lost at sea yes and there's so many of them. You don't know what it is you're feeling and you don't know which ones are yours and which ones were put there. And yep. you, you do know that you flip it all around and scapegoat yourself mm-hmm. and make it about your, like we gaslight ourselves, We scapegoat it. We make ourselves yep. the scapegoat. So if I would say to that other question, if you find yourself always making, you're wrong for everything, you beat yourself up inside, you are scapegoating yourself in life, then that may be a place to work to change so that you aren't following the same pattern in the rest of your life with people. But yeah, I think that understanding, like coming back to yours, understanding helps um, separate the two. Yes. So so that you can, so that then you can process the emotions. Right. See, some that's right. That's right. And I think, I think, some people need a different type of recovery, right? Like some people want to be treated. I'm not going to even tell, I'm not talking bad about anyone. I'm just going to say this. Some people don't want to know all the things. No. <laughs> some people do. Some people need to analyze and understand before they can work through the feelings. And I think those are smart people. Okay. <laughs> and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone else, but I do think this, I think, well, I used to even say on my narcissistic abuse recovery for smart people on my channel, because I don't really have any dumb followers. Everybody that comes to my streams, everybody that's on my subscriber list, I think the same is true for Lise. Mm-hmm. We, we only have smart people. And that's because we, you guys understand and, and you're capable of digging deeper, right? Do you think that's true, Lise? Oh, I think that's true. And I think that yeah. on an aside from that, I actually really liked working with different types of people 
For sure. And figuring out what it is, because some people are so close to their emotions. And that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just how they, how they personally have toxic people in our life. Everyone's going to handle the trauma of it in their own way. And what I have found is there's about five or six different ways. Mm -hmm. There's the the highly emotional type. There's the analytical type like us. Mm -hmm. There's the people who want to talk about everything on the surface and not go deep, but they know they need to. There's the, (laughs) you know, there's, uh, there's those that want to talk about the other person only and don't want to, at all. they are deflectors, um, sure. avoidant. You know, there's like different types of the way that this this type of uh, right. upbringing affects. But all those people are smart, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, they're all smart. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I found. Yeah. yeah. Smart, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And, and the only reason I want to point that, and you're saying absolutely accurate and better stuff than I said, by the way. No, it's better. <laughs> but, no, it's better. Um, yeah, they sound funny when I say that, but I've never met a follower or or, or a client no. or a group member who was not, you know, pretty pretty freaking smart. <laughs> right. Then, I think most people I've talked to, one of the more common things I will tell them is, "My gosh, you're brilliant!" Right. Or "Wow, you're really intelligent!" Or "You know, you're a smart person." <laughs> There's yeah. always, you know, right. And yeah. so, and, there, and then, and I'm just saying this because I think you all need to know this. Um, <laughs> Not only are they intelligent, but they're attractive. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Because narcissists, they don't take. You know, well, why? Yeah. They're not interested in ugly, unintelligent people. And smart. <laughs> and it's impossible. true. <laughs> so I'm just saying. You know, and kind. And loving. And yes, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. And, and then people sometimes don't like me or don't like somebody else. And, and okay. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> you guys can go over there to that person. She's yeah. younger and hotter. He's older and more male or whatever. I don't whatever care. it is. Yeah. I've had it. <laughs> my point is only this. My point is you connect with who you connect with. And yep. I think I'm lucky to connect with some of the smart people. That's all. That's right. Hello, Dol- Dolce Sueños. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, the super sticker. It is so cute. It's a little lemon. lemon. <laughs> Thank you. I love that so much. It's so cute. All righty. I, lo- I wonder if I could save these. Okay. Anyway, thank you. Okay. Sorry, I got all carried away with talking about how amazing y'all are. I felt all apologize. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but you really are. Yeah. And somebody needs to tell you. So we're going to tell you. Well, yeah. And here's the thing. Like any validation that comes out of Angie's mouth is real. Any validation that comes out of my mouth is real. I don't make it up. I just no. won't say anything if I have nothing to say. And if I'm not saying something to you and you know me, it's not because I have nothing to say. Sometimes I just forget to spill it she, out my well mind. we're a little scattered at times you know what i mean but you know what i mean like anything yeah. it's authentically real we're not just saying this because no from experience of dealing and talking with and and having the community of so many people for so many years that you actually mm-hmm. you actually are saying something real here and that is y'all are smart <laughs> you're intelligent and yeah we know important. that because you, you you understand us and you you're on the same you know wavelength i think yeah, and I think that, yeah. And and when we talk about two people individually, of course. Of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I I think we're a lucky tribe. <laughs> um, so anyway, okay, let's see. What are we doing on time? Okay, I've got about one more minute. Do you want to check and see if there's any other oh, questions I you want to pull out? I will see them. What do we got? I closed it. Uh, oh no, I didn't. Okay. What do we mm-hmm. got? Um, oh, Ellen says, I feel like an OG because back when I went through all this and, and I was divorced, there was no information out there about it, but I followed my instinct and now our children have access we didn't. I love that. And that's kind of what I'm 
doing. Um, when I started researching this, it was like 2005, 2006. And I started writing about it around that time. And then I started, got, got on YouTube, like, I think 2013 or tw- no, 2014 or 2015 as mm-hmm. officially. And, and since then have continued, of course. And um, it's really, really helped a lot of people. <laughs> and, and now there are hundreds and thousands of people doing what we do. And that's great. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you on the OG status, Ellen. <laughs> I am. What were you going to say, Lise? Oh, I'm just, uh, I said, oh, a lemon. <laughs> Isn't that a lemon cute? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody said something. Ciara said, she's talking to, they're talking to Bethany, but they said, thankfully we see narcissistic patterns. I wonder how we don't have those patterns within ourselves. Does that make sense? And I don't know what Bethany said, but it just related to that. We do have, we direct them at ourself. We do, you know, that's what I was talking about with the, scapegoating ourself we can often have the toxic patterns yes imprinted up here that we need to heal and, and unhook and and re- rewire our brains so that we treat ourselves better we don't have them toward other people because there's two factors we just talked about we have empathy we care how other people feel we're not just people pleasing to su- to serve us we're we are people pleasing because we want others to not hurt and right and we and we have accountability we take accountability for the times when we do we gaslight someone say and we go oops i just tried to convince them that they want to see a movie that i know they hate whatever you know and something and we go sorry i know you probably are going to hate this movie that was totally me wanting to go you know we take accountability in our lives and so that's why even though we're conditioned to, we're trained with these behaviors, we don't carry them on to other people. Right. A couple of reasons. That's really smart. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, just really quick, um, an example on that. I think I told you guys this, but really quick. So when I was pregnant with my oldest, my friend had a baby three or four months earlier. And, and I didn't think she was as, um, as together as me at the time, <laughs> because she kept telling me how hard it was to be a mom, and how babies are so difficult, blah, on and on and stop. I'm going to be better than that. She's just a wimp. You know, like I really thought things like that. I called her and apologized to her like two or three weeks right. after my baby was born because I really, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I'm so sorry. She's like, you didn't even tell me you just thought that. I'm like, I need to apologize <laughs> because I was, yeah. Okay. Right. Moving on. That is taking accountability. We don't often know that what, we, what we're doing is hurtful. Right hurtful i don't want to say toxic that wasn't necessarily toxic i didn't even hurt her with it it was more smug it was more smug in your own mind (laughs) right but we take accountability because you catch yourself and go wait a minute that doesn't serve the life i want the person i am the person i want to be yeah and and it doesn't help other people so yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i tell you the older i get the more i think you know i i want to just be as transparently myself as I can be with everyone that is around me, <laughs> you know? And, but it was, I spent my whole first half of life trying to, trying to present an image that somebody else wanted me to present. Oh my gosh. And now I just don't I have care anymore. Song lyrics to share with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. yep. All right. I know we're all, you've got a call and I've got another one. So yeah. um, any last words, guys, real quick. I'll say this and then I'll ask you that, Lisa. I'm sorry. <laughs> Real quick. Uh, Samarine will be putting reminders in the chat so that you know where to go find us and when to, how to get back here and all this other stuff when we do this. Lisa, when is your next 
live stream? Live stream tomorrow, um, unless I can manage today, but I think I'm pretty booked. So tomorrow, um, yeah, we'll meet over there on my channel. So you got to flip on over to the other channel, which is, is it Lise Colucci Narcissist? Let me see. What's its name? What's my name? You just type Lise Colucci, you'll find it. L-I-S-E, you guys, not Lise. L-I-S-E Colucci, C-O-L-U-C-I. And um, the name on the the screen. And um, also, uh, um, Simmery will give you Mm -hmm. a link to the channel. So make sure you subscribe over there too. Um, And also you can send uh, a text to 33222 the word lease live, all one word, L-I-S-E-L-I-V-E mm-hmm. and or A-N-G. Well, send one to lease live because whenever I go live, it's mostly with lease. Okay. Then, you'll <laughs> get, then, then you'll get I the will... notifications of both. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what else? Let's see here. Um, I think that's it. So I want to answer all of your questions and I'm so sorry that I am <laughs> missing some today, but we'll be back here next week. As Simran will tell you in the chat, lease your turn. Any last words? Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, good to see you today. No, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Good one today. All right, guys. Um, if you have suggestions or ideas for, for chat, uh, our future mm-hmm. sessions, or you want to know more about this stuff, let us know in the comments. Um, I have tons of videos on to- toxic families and narcissistic mothers and fathers. And so does Lisa, I think. Yes. Um, so make sure you check those out if you're interested and we will talk to you next week. Please. We'll see you tomorrow over on her channel. Thanks to our mod squad for being here. And thanks to Lise and all of you. We appreciate you. Thank you. We'll see you next week. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Now I have to figure out how to. Okay.